This is loose. Touchdown, Elks. Trade forward into the end zone. Edmonton's home for great stories, local heroes, and everything you need on the Oilers and Elks. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates. Alberta Injury Lawyers, the heavy hitters of injury law. Well, I got to tell you, the Arizona Coyotes have not won a game since late January. 0-12-2 in their last 14. They have a chance tonight. Start of the third period, Coyotes 3-3 with the Ottawa Senators. Early in the third, the Capitals lead the Flyers 3-2. And starting in about an hour, it's the Devils and the Ducks. The Oilers practice today and then flew to Seattle. Tomorrow's game against the Kraken is on 6.30. Chad Faceoff show will be at 12.30 and the puck will drop at 2. Sunday's home game against the Penguins is a 5.30 faceoff show with the game at 7. So uh, more Oilers hockey for uh, for you on 630 Ched this weekend. The Oil Kings are in Medicine Hat tonight. They are just underway and the Briar is underway in Regina with an all Alberta matchup. Cooey versus Slachinski and it is 4-4 in the eighth end. So we'll keep an eye on that one for you as well. Thanks a lot for joining us. Reed Wilkins with you. Hope your weekend is off to a great start. Of course, we bring in a gentleman who joins us every week presented by Sentinel Storage. They shoot, we store. Try four weeks free at sentinelstorage.ca It is a former NHL goaltender, now a broadcaster with the NHL on Rogers, Kelly Rudy. Uh, you may have tuned in last night. We weren't here. We had special coverage uh, looking back on the life of uh, former Prime Minister Brian Mulroney, who passed away. Uh, so Kelly and I spoke uh, yesterday, and, uh, of course, he marvels at Zach Hyman's 40-goal season. Isn't it great how he, he hasn't changed his style? You know, like, you know, some guys, uh, like, he plays a gritty style, always has. But sometimes they get a little bit too cute and forget about uh, what got them uh, all their success. And so what a story that has been. I think we've been talking about it as far back as last year, uh, that it was the best signing uh, in the NHL in years and years. And uh, it's great to see because, you know, he's getting rewarded for it. The team is getting rewarded for the signing. And he just looks like he's having fun every day. Even though it's a hard way to play, he just looks like he's having the time of his life. I I love it. I think it's a a real success story. Yeah, well, I like how you put that, though, because sometimes success does change people, right? Or Or they think, oh, I'm better than I used to be but then they forget about those foundational things that helped them improve in the first place. You, you, you never see that from Hyman. He, he really, even if he doesn't score, he pretty much plays the same way every night. It's just some nights the results are yeah. better than others. Well, some guys, and there's a fairly long list of athletes and, you know, not just our sport, but other sports that, you know, all of a sudden you get this big deal and, uh, Hey, whatever happened to hard work? And and they've lost it a little bit, right? But that's certainly not the case with Hyman, and and uh, that's what you always hope for when you get a player like that, because you know he earned the contract, he earned the free agency contract, and uh, he hasn't changed a thing. It's uh, that's what you hope for every single time you sign a player. That indeed, not only do you get what you hope for, you get more. I mean, right? I mean, what's the most he scored? As the Toronto Maple Leaf, 21, I believe. Is that right? Uh, I think so, yeah. Well, he keeps hitting career highs here in Edmonton. So Yeah, so yeah. So I have his stats out now. It's So here in Edmonton, 
27-36-40, and he's got, what, about 20-some games left. So there's definitely he's going to get close to 45 or 50. It's going to be tight, but I wouldn't be surprised. He he's you know he's become beloved by the fans and, and not I just bet. for his success but you know the attitude the off ice story all right. his teammates love him I'm just wondering and I'm sure there's a lot of these guys for you but maybe somebody stands out like just a teammate that everybody loved and everybody pulled for you know and loved seeing him be successful Yeah I, I keep bringing this up because it's 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 just accurate all the time it's my good buddy Tony Granado and. You know, we're all thinking of Tony, and we Tony and I text all the time because he's going through his cancer battle. But Tony, now, it wasn't a free agent signing. It was a trade that we got him in L.A., and I ended up playing with Tony for about eight or nine years uh, between L.A. and San Jose. And there's a guy that there was not one teammate behind his back would say, you believe that, Granado, or what's up with that guy? Or, you know, there's never any of that. It was always about... You want to be around him. He's always a, a positive force, uh, works his tail off every single game. He never, ever shortchanged the game. And, you know, when I think of it, I'm, I'm staring at a guy like Hyman, and he's the image of Tony Granato, right-handed shot, not the biggest guy in the world, but played so hard, went to the front of the net, and, uh, yeah, beloved by the fans and, and his teammates. All right. Let's talk goaltending with you. You know, uh, Stuart Skinner, a couple of really good games here. Some huge saves last night. W- was very good against the Kings, especially when the Oilers were shorthanded. And, you know, Kelly, obviously since the All-Star break, the Oilers haven't been as good, certainly defensively. And, you know, a lot of, well, Skinner's not as sharp. And I've kind of been like, no, but the, the team's not as good either. It all goes hand in yeah. hand. But I'm also yeah. like... You know, goaltending is such a volatile position. I, I mean, a, a save or two a week could make a difference to how you feel about your game or how the fans perceive you. 100%. And that's, I love how you phrase that. One or two saves a week. That's all. <laughs> I mean, that is the narrow line that you're walking. And, and, Every goalie feels it. Every goaltender goes through those stretches where you're not as sharp as you need to be. And the thing that was most troubling for me is that it started to get a little bit worse for Skinner, uh, in particular last Saturday, just as the guy that played the same position, that he lost his confidence in reading a play. And so the flames tore him apart uh, on Saturday. And I was feeling badly for him because any of us that have played, we understand the feeling like, you're, you're questioning yourself, even in the game a little bit, you're like, what is happening? Why am I not reading this play? And consequently, you get a little bit deeper in your net that, uh, than you should be, which I thought last Saturday is definitely deeper in his net than he should have been on a few of the goals. Uh, and that's why he's get, getting beaten so easily up high. Um, and, but it's hard to tell yourself that to be out further is actually safer. It's it's the weirdest thing because when you start to get beat, you think, okay, I've got to find the comfort of my net, so I'll just play a little bit deeper. But then what happens is that you're just easily beaten by clear shots that you should make, and then you're deeper, you're not reading plays properly. And uh, I can see it, you know, every single game, uh, goalies are going through something. Even if it, they're not getting scored on, 
They may not be as clean as they'd like, but they they continue to battle through, and that's what Skinner did. He had to continue to battle, and I watched that entire Kings game because I had the Kings the next night, and he was fantastic, and that's just how quickly it can turn. Um, and there's no rhyme or reason for it. You know, you, you, you don't say, well, I'm going to be great tonight no matter what just happened. You know, it, it doesn't quite – you can't flip on that switch quite like that. It's uh, it's a weird, weird thing when you, you don't trust yourself and then all of a sudden – you have two good ones, and you're like, geez, this feels normal again. This is how, how I know I should feel, right? Well, I like how you put that. They All the guys in the NHL know what it feels like to have a great game. They all want to do it every night. So, yeah, it's it, 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 like there must be time. Like the Oilers, we've been talking about how bad they started those games against Calgary and against Minnesota and against Boston going back to last week and even last night, though they recovered quicker than – than they had been right it, it was right. It, even i think knoblock said it, it's hard to explain he's like they're doing all the right things in the dressing room they're not he's not walking through there thinking oh my god these guys don't even know what time the game starts some it just it doesn't come together some nights and there's no way to describe it or i mean there's no way to explain it so i had a very similar conversation with one of my former teammates uh, now the general manager of la on tuesday um and uh rob blake of course and and he couldn't explain that stretch where they had uh in january where no matter what they did and he thought for at least the first seven or eight games of that stretch where they weren't winning that they were playing really well and and then all of a sudden then they started play lousy and it got in their head and so on but you know and they were maybe you could argue the best team in the league for the longest time for the first three months um, and so you 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 can't explain or you can't make any sense of it. You got to live, live through it, and you you have to hope that your players will learn something through it and uh, find a way to make them a little bit stronger. Which I thought, by the way, was really important to last night for the Oilers. You know, they found themselves down to nothing, and they didn't give into that feel. They, they fought back and ultimately won it uh, with McDavid in overtime. But that was the game where if, uh, if, if they get the third goal, the Oilers could have been in deep trouble again. All right, Kelly, let's wrap up here with, uh, well, maybe this is going to start the dominoes falling, but the Calgary Flames did make the trade. Chris Tanev dealt to the Dallas Stars. Well, Dallas is going to get, as everybody knows, a, a gamer. Like, that's what they need. They've got a lot of really great skill on the back end. There's no doubt about it. Uh, they've got some of the highest uh, skilled defensemen in the game. Uh, and But they need for playoffs, they're going to need a guy like Tanev that is just ugly to play against and is going to make it a real war every single round that they have and make it a little bit harder to get pucks to the net. And uh, he's great at breaking cycles. He does so many good things. Uh, and by the way, he's so low maintenance. He, you know, he's one of the guys that you're always searching for. Uh, high pain thresholds. Um, he, he never complains about anything. Doesn't care who his partner is. He'll lift his uh, partner up. Uh, and raised his level of play uh, every single game. And so he's a guy that you can win with. There's no doubt about it. On a personal note, and I know I shouldn't, but here's how you get close to the players. So even though I'm just a broadcaster, but I travel with the team, I, you know, two of the guys that they traded this year, uh, Lindholm and, uh, and 
Tanev were maybe two of the guys that I talked to the most. And so that's kind of selfish thing, how I look at it. But my wife called me. I had an event last night and I was on the way home. She goes, what do you think of the Tanev trade? And I said, well, personally, I think it sucks because, you know, I, I really enjoyed my chats with them. And I said the same about Lindholm. But that's what teams have to do, and you have to move forward. And maybe that's the old player in me, because every time one of my teammates was traded, the first thing I thought of was sad. You know, right. you're you're missing right. a friend. And uh, and I, I found it kind of odd that it struck me that way yesterday, because, you know, as a broadcaster, I'm not paid by the team or anything. Why should it affect me? But I guess it still does every, every once in a while. Yeah. You're just sensitive, Kelly. That's all. You know, well, I am mad. I cry two nights or two times a night. I can be watching a commercial. I cry if it's really. Oh, <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay. Well, Kelly, this was a, an exceptional segment as always. Uh, love your perspective. Have a great weekend. And of course, we'll talk again next week, my friend. You got it. Thanks, Reed. Always good to have Kelly Rudy on Inside Sports presented by Sentinel Storage. They shoot, we store. Try four weeks free at Sentinel Storage. Dot C-A. Yes, and uh, talking about Stuart Skinner, as Kelly and I were, Stuart Skinner is going to be the starter tomorrow. Chris Knobloch announcing that today. I thought it might be Pickard tomorrow and then Stuart against the Penguins on uh, Sunday night, but it looks like it's going to be Skinner uh, tomorrow and then Pickard against the Penguins. Happy to hear from you this fine Friday evening. Hope you're staying warm, by the way. The hotline is 780-496-0063. That's presented by CertainTeed, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. CertainTeed Pro all the way. You can email the show, inside sports at 630ched.com. We will go to Regina and uh, talk to a Briar veteran as we move along tonight. It's Inside Sports on 630 Chet. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta Injury Lawyers, the heavy hitters of injury law. Dry subtle to keep it alive. Bouchard belly down, take it away. Thomas, a shorthanded breakaway for the lead. Thomas, oh, what a strip! Nugent Hopkins on the backtrack. I mean, I just kind of saw uh, Bushi and Connor come together there a little bit, which is a little dangerous, and Bushi's kind of sliding. So um, I just saw Thomas pick it up, and uh, I think he kind of thought he was alone there for uh, for, the, for the whole way and slowed down just lo- enough so I can uh, just kind of pick his pocket there. In those types of moments, I just kind of I think of those moments as winning games. When Nuge did that, I thought in my head, if we win this game, it's... That's a huge moment of, uh, you know, that's a huge reason why. You know, when, when guys put in that type of effort, you know, that's doing the things that are hard. And ultimately, doing the hard things will win you games. A little uh, moment that brought out a pretty loud Nuge chant at Rogers Place on Wednesday. That big back check on the Robert Thomas breakaway. Nugent Hopkins and the Oilers in Seattle tomorrow. Also, the uh, Raptors playing tonight. They trail Golden State 102-89 with about nine minutes left in the fourth quarter. I got the uh, Briar on the TV here in the 630 Chet studio. Uh, Kellen, have you ever attended a Briar? I have uh, a couple times when they were in town with it. So okay, now back at the old Coliseum. I, I have, uh, I believe, when I was going to Nate, the Briar was here. I want to say '99. 
uh, and I think they let us do a story on mm-hmm. something, and then and then you know they said, okay, you can go sit up high in the stands, find an empty seat once you're done, and we need you out of the way. And I found it incredibly hard to follow with four games going on, and almost in the top row at Rexall Place or whatever it was called at the time. Yep. Curling on TV to me, as Slachinski now has gone up five four on Cooey after eight. To me, curling is a is a made for TV sport. Now that the, the you can put cameras almost anywhere, you know they mic up the players, and yes, you might learn a, a naughty word or two sometimes if somebody misses a shot. But I just find curling on TV for me anyway is better than curling in person. Because uh, I and I also. I don't know curling well enough to know what shot they're going to do next most of the time. I mean, there might be times it's obvious, but the commentary is so good. I mean, they yes. have ex-players who are who are so good and explain, you know, curling has gaps in it, but there's time to explain what's happening, what they're thinking. Okay, they could do this. They could knock out this rock and roll in, but then they're going to leave this shot open. So this is why they're going to draw and freeze to this stone instead, even though it might. So to, for that, for those reasons, I find curling on TV to be a, a great television sport. It, for, for me in person, especially if it's in a hockey arena-sized facility, I find you're, you're too far from the ice. And look, I, I just don't have the knowledge. I'm sure some people listening do have the curling knowledge. A lot of people play. There's a lot of high-end curling, obviously, in Edmonton and Northern Alberta. Yeah. So some people are probably thinking, what are you talking about, Reed? I, I, I can think the game along with these guys, but I can't. Mm. So I, 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 I like the commentary, and, and I, I love sitting down and watching the Briar or the Scotties or some of the big events mm-hmm. on, on television. But uh, definitely, for, for me, I, I prefer it as a television event. Anyway, 780-496-0063. We'll get to a guy who uh, has been going to the Briars for a long, long time. He's won a few of them, too. Is he still nervous going into this one? I wonder. Coming up on Inside Sports.